Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. I'm Lizzie, a cardboard cutout love interest. I'm Hannah, a ghost of a fictional character. And I'm Amber, a dad friend in need of a nap. And this week, we are reviewing Dad Napped from 2009 with our first ever guest on the pod. Hi! We, um, as we mentioned at the end of our last episode, we have sent some of our best friends of the pod, some of our original listeners, our most devoted fans. Um, we invited them to come on the pod and talk with us. And when we rolled Dadnapped, I knew we had to invite Amber. Our original listeners from a whopping 10 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amber is a day one. Yeah. Amber listens to every episode. She messages us. Um, she's also just my bestie, so it's fitting that she's here. Yeah, um, I'm so excited. Huge fan of the pod. I'm. It's such an honor to be here. Uh, I was just going to say, I have spent a very long time forming a regular relationship with Hannah and a parasocial relationship with Lizzie um, because of listening to the pod. Like, oh, we're friends now, even though she's never actually met me before. So hi, Lizzie. It's great to hi. meet you. <laughs> it's so good to meet you. Um, Amber is the one who has saved all of your eardrums from the uh, curse word censorship beeps that we had in an episode of this podcast. Yeah, maybe one or two. Um, And we simply don't care enough to bleep them out. So sorry to young ears. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not pro-censorship. I just, that noise was so loud. It pierced my soul. I get nightmares about it. No, it's good. Um, Constructive criticism is important. Yeah. Also, Amber's thoughts have been on the pod before because she watched Halloween Town 2 with me. She was the brave soul so any of the thoughts that I said, my friend, in that episode, that was Amber. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. very vocal about my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's especially great that I think we have Amber because, you know, Lizzie and I both claim to be, well, especially me. I don't know about Lizzie. I claim to be, like, a lover and connoisseur of Disney things. Um, but, like, Amber, I think, actually kind of is. I'm I'm a classic Disney fan. That's where my expertise lies. Um, mm-hmm. I am a two-time bronze winner of a Disney trivia contest, um, third place. So I'm very intensely into it. But I'll be honest, that is mostly Disney movies and Disney parks is where my expertise is. Um, I'm not as big of a Disney Channel fan as I am in other areas. I took the quiz that y'all took at the oh, beginning. Oh, yeah, I sent her the quiz. Um, and I got a humiliating 26. <laughs> um, so it was wildly <laughs> embarrassing. Um, but I do, I swear I'm qualified in other Disney areas. <laughs> I was thinking that you might get a higher score than us. <laughs> that was what I thought. Because So Hannah texted me and said, hey, as kind of an introductory, you know, introduction to Amber... I had her take the same quiz from episode one, and the way you worded it, I was like, oh, she's going to blow us out of the water. She's going <laughs> to have lost, like, all except for 12. So this is shocking oh. to me, and makes me feel I a little bit better. I spent my youth at physical Disneyland, so I yeah, was not watching Amber's Disney Channel, from, sorry. Anna, Amber's from Orange County, California, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go. That'll do it. That'll <laughs> do we it. can leave that out so they don't stalk your family, but. So busy with that. <laughs> I don't I, here, I'll just put in some censorship bleeps. <laughs> from bleep, yeah. bleep, bleep. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I- we'll still get some good hot takes from Amber because oh, sure. um, if there was ever a queen of like analysis in like AP Lit, mm-hmm. it, it's this girl. She can, <laughs> she's, she's going to have metaphors and that we didn't even notice. Thematically embarrassing. <laughs> um, 
I did not receive any hate comments of any form. Whoop whoop! Yeah. I don't think so either. Sam, to be fair, oh, the episode only came out last night. That is a good point. Um, although I will say, Sam, who gave us the lovely voice messages for <laughs> the last episode, um, I a- I had to ask him what time his radio show streams so I could put it in show notes. Um, and he said, hmm, can't wait to hear on how on earth you made my rambles coherent. I was like, um, I'll be honest, I only put a couple of your voice messages in there because I realized we forgot to respond to one. So I just didn't put it in. <laughs> yeah he asked us like a lot of like thoughtful questions and i was like "Mm, we didn't answer them just gonna leave that up we didn't listen to them while we were recording jump right Mm -hmm. in um this week technically it's my turn for a 60 second summary but i might throw our guest under the bus and make amber do it i think that's a fun idea i think i can do it absolutely always pull up a timer okay and i will pull up the disney channel description Ready for me to count you in, Amber? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go. All right, so Dadnapped stars Elizabeth Odman, Osment and a star-studded cast. She plays Melissa. Her father is Neil. He writes the famous Trip Zoom books. This is a large book series of sort of an action spy thriller, teenage spy sort of thing. Um, and so she thinks that they're about to go on a camping trip because their parents are divorced and she's really wanting to spend some quality time with her dad. But no, they are in fact going to a Trip Zoom convention, which is really sad. Um, and so at the convention, there's a bunch of super fans. There's this whole contest and her dad ends up getting kidnapped by these super fans. Um, turns out when the super fans kidnapped him, they prevented an actual kidnapping, which happens later. So um, Emily Osment has to kind of grapple with sort of the issues with her father not caring enough about her as he does about the super spy character in her books. Um, and he shows up as a ghost sort of to taunt her. Um, and so she ends up saving the day and rescuing him using sort of this trip knowledge. And they end up getting to go camping. Yay. With a whole second to spare. You did call her Elizabeth Osmond at the beginning, but I'm it's so okay. Sorry. We have an Elizabeth in front of us. So. And I think I said Osmond instead of Osmet. I The names are not my strong suit. She's I'm not going to listen to it. This, <laughs> she's not going to listen. That's fine. She's not. That right. was pretty good, though. That, that was, was one of the better 60-second <laughs> summaries we've ever had. I was um, really lot. worried that this was going to be my turn, because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to sum this up in a minute. I'm it was gonna... convoluted. It was pretty convoluted. <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you. They talk a lot about plot in the movie, like, because he's a writer. And yeah. um, this one had a very inconsistent one. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. you're right. Mm-hmm. All right, so oh, I'm going to read yeah. the official Disney Plus synopsis. Mm-hmm. It says, Emily Osment stars as Melissa Morris, the daughter of best-selling mystery writer Neil Morris. Instead of spending quality time with Melissa, Neil seems more interested in creating exciting missions and trip traps for Trip Zoom, the imaginary hero he's made famous in his books. But when her dad gets dadnapped by crazy fans in a real-life mystery, Melissa cleverly taps into her own inner Zoom and comes to the rescue. Yeah, that is what happens. I mean, they got her name right, so I got to give them credit for that. <laughs> you did too detail eventually. Yeah, you know what you 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 got it at the end, and that's and you know. gave us way more detail than that. <laughs> yeah, um, I am pulling up Dadnapped on Rotten Tomatoes to see what the score is. Although I was looking at the Wikipedia earlier while we were watching, and ooh, this is interesting. Um, so there is no critic score um, 
because it's too obscure, I'm sure. However, on Wikipedia, it did say that it came out to pretty negative or low critic reviews, saying it's just kind of Disney Channel crap, which it is, but I don't think it's a bad movie. It's certainly not the worst we reviewed. And the audience score is only 45%. Hmm. Which is weird because also Wikipedia said that it came out, it was pretty popular at the time. And actually, a fun fact is that it premiered at the same time as, I don't know if you all remember Spectacular on Nickelodeon. Oh, you don't remember Spectacular? It was a movie about like singing teens. It's really good. I recommend you watch any movie that came out from about 2004. They were angsty singing teens. That doesn't that doesn't narrow it down anymore. Not at all. No, I'm okay. Someone has to remember spectacular with an exclamation point point at the end. We'll ask on the Instagram Um, when this comes out. Yeah, I would sing one of the songs, but I'm not a good singer. Um, but apparently, like they premiered at the same time, so like obviously they were competition because one was Nick and one was Disney, and apparently Dad Napped like did better that night. So, hmm, still interesting. With over ten thousand reviews, this is one of the lower. Rotten Tomato scores we've seen. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Doesn't deserve to be lower than Halloween Town 2. <laughs> no. Nothing does. Someday we're going to run <laughs> no. into a decom that does deserve it, and it's going to knock our socks off. Yeah. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. I'm surprised that... Although... So this came out in 2009? Mm-hmm. Which, well, let me see what else came out that year. A couple of things. Like, I wonder if it just, like, was overshadowed by other things that year. It came out the same year. Oh, okay. It came out the same year as Princess Protection Program and Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie. Sure. And right after Cheetah Girls. So it's like, okay. And Camp Rock. Yeah, and and right after Camp Rock. So it's like, compared to those, I can see why people are, like, were potentially not liking it not quite as much and i think it's hard too because i don't really know what the audience should be you know they have a lot of like that super spy thriller kind of elements Mm -hmm. but then it also stars emily osmond and the core is kind of supposed to be her relationship with her father but that's not weak enough to carry the mood well we'll save it but yeah uh i don't really know if it ever hit sort of a sweet spot the way that like a musical would in -hmm. terms of who's watching it and why they're watching it yeah yeah, it almost seems like they were trying to cater to too many demographics of audience instead of, like, really focusing in on one that they thought they could capture really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and something else I thought was interesting about the fact that the dad is an author of this kind of, like, exceptionally famous YA series is that since this came out in 2009, this was, like, I think right around the beginning of that kind of crest of super popular YA novels like Mm -hmm. right when like as like Hunger Games and Divergent and like as the Percy Jackson books like had already been popular Jackson prime time but we're starting to get a little more serious and like for a little bit of an older audience so I'm wondering if they were trying to like tap into that and just didn't quite hit the mark on that it's quite possible. Um, yeah. I had said to Amber, like, kind of as it was starting, I was like, is this what it was like to be, like, in high school, like, a teenager when, like, Harry Potter was first coming out? Because it felt insane. And again, this is <laughs> jumping ahead a little bit. 
but like how much these like teenagers in the high school cared about this new book and i was like no teenagers care not like like groups of teenage boys care about books this much but then like yeah like i mean i remember like when hunger games and like stuff like that came out i don't know how many how many like guys were in the hunger games books but like percy jackson definitely a lot of boys were into and definitely harry potter they were as well so i was actually gonna ask you guys that if you had like something around kind of when this was coming out like did you like do the midnight premieres of like harry potter or the hunger games or anything because like i know we went to midnight premieres of the last three harry potter movies and the midnight premiere of the Hunger Games movie when it came out, when I was like kind of around the age of, you know, right around when this movie was coming out, actually. Yeah. Is when we were like doing that. School. And it was kind of. bananas. I always thought it was crazy, like how many people there. And also, like, there would be groups that were like just adults that were going to see mm-hmm. that. And I was like, what is going on? But then I was like, well, they're adults. They can do whatever they want. See, I've never been to a midnight premiere because they're always on school nights. They're always a Thursday night. So I've never done that. However, like, my family is, like, a big Harry Potter family. So, like, we did, like, the last probably three or four movies, like, go see in theaters, like, quite soon after they came out. Um, The reason I felt a little weird, and I'll, I'll let Amber speak in a minute because I know I'm cutting her off um, from answering that question. <laughs> but because it, like... Like, things like Hunger Games, like, I remember the movies being quite popular, but I don't know if the books were very popular with boys, because the main character is a girl, and that I do remember being really excited about things like, yeah, like, when the new Percy Jackson books came out, like, probably in 2009, that was, like, the big thing. Yeah. And then, of course, I got into Hunger Games after the books had all come out, but being very excited for the movies. Gotcha. Oh, I feel like for me, I was very much like, geez, this is going to make me sound awful, but I hate reading like books and things that like are very popular at the time. Like, I feel like I need to be like too cool for that or whatever. It's because she's an Aquarius. (laughs) It's because I'm an Enneagram wing four. Um, Oh my God, me too. But yeah, so I feel like I never, like I read the first book in The Hunger Games like a couple summers ago and I am a full adult. Um, so I feel like there was never anything that was popular at the time that I was interested in it. Like I've definitely had things that I'm like this excited about, but the world was never as excited with me um, in that moment. You know what it did remind me of? Um, I was telling Hannah, she doesn't recognize the series, but like Anthony Horowitz did like the Alex Ryder series. He was like a teenage M16 agent. And that was definitely the vibes I was getting from all the trip zoom stuff, like teen spy action thriller. Like I had a couple of those bad boys on my shelf. And I feel like that was definitely the vibes that I was picking up. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking it was like that. And then also funnily enough, because of the name, did you read the maximum ride? I did. That's what I said. I said, Amber, I haven't read that, but I read Maximum Ride. I was like, this is giving me both of those. It's reminding me of that. But then also, obviously, a large part of the humor of this is like about dentistry. Oh, I hate it. And also because of the cast, all I could think about was Floss the Musical from from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I do that choreography weekly for, for my parents. I bust it out. 
between my teeth. It would be boss. Um, um, maybe I'll put a clip of that in if I can get the audio of that. <laughs> I've got beef between my teeth. It would be boss if I had love. I thought it was interesting how many like positive messages I feel like they tried to like randomly sprinkle in. Like reading is good. Return your library books on time. Floss. Use good dental care. Like really like okay like i'm not gonna argue with that those are good things but it just seemed like randomly sprinkled throughout (laughs) like like we kind of said earlier it seems like they weren't sure what they were trying to achieve with this one like they were like well we were granted that we have to do that we can we granted the budget for four decoms this year and we have three really big budget ones with our favorite stars and I guess we'll do Emily Osment like too. Every new face that pops with, yeah. with everyone like, else because this <gasps> cast is down. the <gasps> most yeah. star-studded decom cast that there ever was. You know, yeah, we had Emily Osment, we had David Henry, Phil Lewis, um, Moises Arias who plays Rico in Hannah Montana. We had oh gosh, we had more. I think we had Jason Earls. Oh yes, who um, is it? Just said Jackson from Hannah Montana. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. It was crazy which is so like again kind of funny that like yeah. it's has that low fan review because do you think like when i think of this movie and i'd only seen it a couple of times um before this like maybe once or twice like i still like think of it as like the movie with all the people i like in it like it has the nostalgia factor for me at least so did you guys watch this movie when it came out like when we were what 10 when this movie came out I'm pretty sure that I watched the premiere. Like, I remember, I I believe so. I remember, I feel like it was right up my alley. Like, I was very much into, like, teenage spy thrillers. Like, that was all, like, where I lived as a preteen. I was so into, like, super spies, and I wanted to be a secret agent before I found out everything that it would would involve. Um, (laughs) And so I feel like this was definitely up my alley as a kid. I only watched it once, because, like I said, I watched the premiere, so, like, we didn't have it recorded or anything like that. Um, but I, I remember like one or two scenes of being like, oh, this was so cool. And then in middle school, I wanted to be a writer. So like there were a lot of elements of this movie that like totally clicked and just resounded with me. And that's why when I, when we were watching it today, I was like, I'm so sure it's going to be bad. Like I have two still images that I remember in my mind of this movie and, and positive feelings. And like, and I'm so sure that that is a recipe. You were the target demographic. I was, I was the target demographic. I was the only person that this movie was made for. And I was certain it, it wasn't as bad as I expect it to be. Disney Channel movies have betrayed me before. I watched Halloween Town 2 with you. <laughs> um, I don't recall, like, sorry. <coughs> I don't recall if I explicitly watched the premiere, but I do think I watched this when it came out. I'm sure I watched it with my sister because that's what we did. We just watched Disney Channel all the time. And then I don't think I watched it again after 2009 until Disney Plus came out in, like, early 2020. And then again today. So, yeah, it's not one that, like, you know, is a fave of mine. But, like I said, it's one that I, like, think of, like, like, it's not one that goes under the radar for me. Yeah. So, I, I had never seen this movie, which is kind of surprising because I think... If I had watched it when I was a kid, I think I would have really enjoyed it. I don't think it would have been... I know we said this when we did 
the Descendants movies. Like, if those mm-hmm. had come out when I was, like, the target demographic, I would have been obsessed. I don't think I would have been yeah. as obsessed with this, but, like, I was mm-hmm. super into the kind of, like, spy books, that kind of action adventure situation so i think i would have enjoyed it It it's definitely something like if it was on i would have sat down and watched it Mm -hmm. but i had never seen it and for some reason i don't even remember it coming out like i don't know um actually hannah do you still have the imdb up do you know when the date that this came out oh gosh i do i have it right here Year. This came out on February 16th, 2009. Oh, okay, never mind. I was gonna say, if it came out in October, that's when Maggie was born, so it's possible we had a lot going on, but I don't know what You're my excuse busy. was. So. <laughs> yeah, weird. But no, I hadn't seen it. Um, do we want to give our rankings? Our initial rankings? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, I think we should. Um, I gave it a little bit of thought, and I think I'm gonna give it a solid three middle of the road, three stars out of five, um, because it was just kind of an average decom to me. That's my take. Um, I, you know, actually, I also planned to give it a three. I considered lowering it to two point five just to be like right there in the mm-hmm. middle. I feel like it definitely, like, I definitely only liked it as a kid because it was super spy related. Like I, there wasn't really anything else to, to keep me sticking around, but I, there were parts that were definitely entertaining. There were, it was a little bit fun sometimes. Like I definitely didn't mind it, but I, you know, I, I think three is fair. And you know, what? I'm also going to give it a three. So we're all, <gasps> we're all on the Just, same page. Which I is love right that. Fantastic. Um, I, Yeah. There you go. Oh, I was gonna- but you know, we typically have another team member of our pod give us a review. Lizzie, do you have any thoughts from an actual child? Boy, do I. <laughs> so we, full disclosure, we just watched this um, approximately an hour and a half ago. So, yep. so did we. Um, so she said, I like that instead of a boy res- rescuing a girl, it's the opposite. So true. Um, she said, I also like that, uh, oh, she liked the part where David Henry remembered the type of lip gloss that she wore, and that was a clue. Um, Chivalry is not dead. She said, I give it a three out of five. And also, she, she liked the fact that Zoom was based on, like, dentist stuff, and the dad used to be a dentist. She thought that was funny. So there you go. So Maggie also agrees, three out of five. I love that. If I can hop off, yeah. If I can hop off the lip gloss thing real quick, it gave me a lot of vibes in our personal one of our favorite movies, Barbie Princess and the Popper, yes. where Julian identifies her letter by the perfume that she wears, and I was like, yeah. that is the sort of detective work that I want to see in my lilac. But she always wears rose. <laughs> That's big romance hero energy. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put to myself on blast here. I have only watched like two Barbie movies and I don't remember what happens in any of them but I know I watched um the 12 Dancing Princesses one and I know I watched the Princess and the Popper one those are like the two best but ones but I can't tell opinion. you of the best yeah 
I will also we'll after about two episodes of doing decoms, Hannah was like, "Oh, we should have done Barbie movies instead." <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "Um, I haven't seen them because I was nice. fully ready for like that to be our next season." Well, I am embarrassed. It still could be. Sorry. Yeah, except for it'll just be me being excited because I've seen them all. And you haven't. <laughs> I will. There's only like 38 of them though. <laughs> only 38. That's that's There's only a little like 100 a year. <laughs> That's on- There's like 112 decoms and like new ones every m- other month. <laughs> we're going to be doing this until we're 25. <laughs> I'm glad that we all had the exact same review. I think that's really funny. Um, though I have to say I disagree with Maggie. I hated the dentist jokes. <laughs> I didn't like them. I- At first, I was like, wait, are they making dentist jokes? Like, is that floss? And Amber said, no, it's no, grappling hook wire. Like, There's no way. That and then it was <laughs> floss. Yeah. It and was. then I was like, why the jokes? And then they make it clear that Neil Morris, the writer, used to be a dentist. And it's like, oh, okay. But, like, so he's basically a dentist that decided to write books with dentist jokes. Why do other people think these are funny? And then, like, every minute they're like, floss, floss, floss. I thought it was funny. So at the end, th- we might be jumping ahead a little bit, but Go he talks to her and she was telling him like, that's such a stupid catchphrase. But this is like at the end when she's all like recovered and sure of herself. And he's like, well, you can change it. And so I thought that she was going to come up with something better than floss. And the whole thing is that like, hey, we know floss is stupid, but she's going to change it. But then she didn't. Yeah, um, And then she went floss when she saved her dad. Yeah. So yeah. that was a major spoiler. Um, but... But I, but I, I firmly, I was so convinced they were going to change the floss, and that was going to be part of like that they knew that they were in on it. I don't think they were in on it. Yeah, it was just like at first it was. I was confused, and then they explained it, and then I was just a little bit upset. <laughs> yeah, my theory here is that um, Neil was a dentist, and then him and the mom, who I think her name is Susie, I think they said. I think after they've gotten a divorce, his crisis like response is writing these books, and then yeah. instead of buying a sports car, and yeah, or going to therapy. So <laughs> I think he writes books with dentist jokes in them. Um, but also, I don't know. We don't really get any idea of like how long he's been writing them because. Yeah. It seems like this has been an exceptionally um, prohibitive aspect of her life for, like, a while. But I'm guessing she's, like, what, first or second year of high school? Because she's, like, doing book reports yeah. and stuff. Well, yeah, but she's not old enough to know how to drive a car. Because there's a scene where she has to try and stop a moving car, and she doesn't even know which pedal the brake is. So we were guessing, like, 15. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the timeline is a little confusing because we know her parents are divorced and we know that he was with her when she was around eight because there's like an offhand line mentioned that like part of her being eight was like what inspired him to like make bits of the character. So I am wondering like when because he's it seems like he's with her in her early childhood and then they've kind of grown apart as he's gotten more invested in his book career. So I am curious, like where in the timeline does he stop being a dentist? Where in the timeline do they get divorced? Like what are what maybe are there was some overlap. Maybe he was a dentist and he like had like these fun ideas and started writing them on the side. Yeah. And then like somehow like one of them like got published. And he was like, I'm going to pursue this full time now. Like, he basically decided to move to Los Angeles and be an influencer. 
<laughs> and then that's when the divorce came. And that's when they started growing apart. They all fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Also, where the heck was this set? Yeah. Like Utah. Six, well, it was filmed in Utah. The entire thing was filmed in Utah. In On location. The city that they claim, it's the city of Mercury, but there's no mention of where that is in relation to Yeah, anything. it was very much like Route 66 vibes, like the little tiny town that they stopped in. Okay, Lizzie looks I wrote shocked. on, in my thing, this town looks like Radiator Springs from Cars. <laughs> <laughs> it did, though. Did you do this on purpose? Like- <laughs> Disney only does one small town. Yeah. I was going to say, like, we only see, like, a tiny bit of the place where Emily Osment's character actually lives. Because it's, like, she, like, it's the very beginning. She's at school. Then we see the inside of her house. And that's it. And then the rest of the movie is in this tiny town for this convention. Right. I will say, another thing that I really thought was interesting was... um the titles of these books, the fact that the next mm-hmm. book in the series oh. is going to be called Freeze Dried Dreams. That what's your problem with that? <laughs> it's flawless. <laughs> what wasn't one of them called like Trip Zoom, like Zoom Time Doom Time, or yes. something like that? The hell does that have to do with dentistry? <laughs> I know, and there was like they no, they no, were the dentistry names. is subtle. <laughs> it's subtle, flawless. subtle enough that his. <laughs> He used floss, and well, because the first thing we see trip zoom before even the actual story starts, we see like a trip zoom little moment when a kid is doing a book report. Yeah, and he uses the little tiny mirror that the dentist uses to look at your molars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" And then he uses the floss. Like that's what were they? What were they thinking? It was the punchline of too many jokes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was more tired than the exchange students from Canada. Hey, is Canada a joke to you? No. No, it's mm. not. Um, Alright, what else? Let me look at my notes. Um, what else has to be said? So are we moving on to the actual notes section yeah. of the podcast? Yeah, we can. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, right off the bat, I'm in love with the TikToker lighting that they used for the action scene. Um, it was like red and then like a dramatic blue. And then when they leave, it's in like dramatic green. Um, I, I honestly wanted more trip zoom dramatic action movies. Like I get that it's a book, not a movie. So they didn't really have the opportunity. And it really was just an opportunity to like introduce the character of trip Mm -hmm. zoom. But I, you know, really, I just wanted to be watching the trip zoom movie. There were a lot of this time where I was like, I just wanted to to be watching Trip Zoom. Yeah, I don't know why they I'm should have here. done a spinoff. <laughs> I agree. Well, that's, and also what I was thinking about this, um, actually, I'm so sorry, I need to look something up before Okay. I, because this is not the first time that Disney has done something similar to this, because- Oh, are you thinking of reading it, read it in Weep? Read it in Weep. Came out yeah. in 2006. Yeah. Obviously, the main character is the one who writes that book unintentionally. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching that and being like, I would just like to be watching the story that she's of written. Of the fictional character, yeah. yeah. Instead of watching this. Obviously, that's we'll save that for a different pod episode when that, mm-hmm. when that comes out. We'll certainly review but, that. Oh, yeah. With enthusiasm and excitement. Mm-hmm. Um. But I do think it's interesting that, like, that's a pretty quick turnaround from 2006 to 2009. Yeah. 
They said, well, um, Rita and Weeb was successful, so we'll do it again, but this time a little more gender neutral. <laughs> this, time for the, this time for the boys. And maybe a little worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because th- when you guys are saying, like, you wish you had been watching that, I wrote Trip Zoom is more likable than Melissa because for a lot of the movie, Melissa had a really sour attitude, and for, like, a lot of it was quite justified. Like, her dad yeah. – was kind of absent and then like was being crappy on their vacation but like even like she just like was kind of like sassy and like didn't want to be there and trip zoom was like very charismatic um he also had fantastic cheekbones and jawline yeah um and it's weird because in the movie he is too young for me but then i looked him up and he is actually too old for me so now i'm very conflicted yeah but we did look him up and he does a lot of rom-coms so you know where I'm gonna be this Christmas season. Look out for next week's recommendations. He came onto the screen, and I said, "Oh my God, Hallmark movie oh. guy!" Yeah, because I am a supreme lover of a Hallmark Christmas movie, really a Hallmark movie Absolutely. of any season. Um, mm-hmm. but so that was a, a nice little surprise for me. It was like, wow, this really is a star-studded cast. Like, who knew? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically the only people that weren't someone famous or at least recognizable to me as um, someone who really only consumes children's content was the dad and the man who played Skunk, one of the kidnappers. Other than that, it was all just bing, 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 um, famous people. So the dad is um, played by George yeah. Newbern, who yeah. I definitely – had have seen his stuff before. He was in Father the Bride, and um, he was in Scandal. If you watched Scandal at all, um, additionally, he yeah, he was in a bunch of stuff. He was Superman at one point. Ooh, so, okay, yeah, he's done stuff. Never mind. And then the guy who was who played Skunk, who I said he was in Outer Banks, but I haven't seen Outer Banks, so I don't know if he was someone important. Neither have I. Neither have I. Um. Oh my gosh, wait. Sorry, I just realized the girl who plays Harper in Wizards of Waverly Place has a voice part in this. Oh, I did see her on the Wikipedia. Wait, who did she... I was going to say, who did she play? It, said, it says she was the voice of Debbie. I don't remember who Debbie was. Oh, was that her mom on the phone? Or her, like her friend on the phone yes, that she called? that's exactly who it was. You're like right. when she called to be like, oh, like camping's going great. Right. And then like a car goes by and she's like, wait, your dad actually like blew off again she's like yeah yeah for sure. oh my god yet another famous disney actor yep um but yeah this cast that's honestly like the first page of my notes is just me being like oh my god look at all these people who are in this <laughs> um and a lot of it like um amber you had said about phil lewis um who I don't even remember his character's name in this, but uh, well known as Mr. Mosby. Like he did not feel like the same character. No, he had a range. I didn't realize that was the same actor. I'm so used to him in a suit all prim and proper. And then here he's like been to jail and he's trying to keep his brother out of jail. Like I, I definitely did not recognize him. There was a lot of times that I was like, is this even this? Are we sure this is Mr. Yeah, Mosby? He was scrappy. He had a goatee. Although um, every time he came on screen, that did not stop a little voice in my head from going crazy legs, crazy legs. <laughs> not in my lobby. Yeah, no running. Yep. No running. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Um, that was so funny. But yeah, some of them, like you know, it was. It's hard to look at David Henry and not be like it's Justin. But again, again, his character was also quite different. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Moises Arias was kind of the same as Rico, except for not rich. Your door just opened. Yeah, because the dog oh, came in. okay. I was just say a ghost. <laughs> um, Moises Arias' hair in this was jacked up. What? It was so spiky! That was so rude. They didn't need to do it like that. It was so spiky. See, I actually thought that was, like, so funny. I thought it was funny, but I was like, oh my gosh. The front had the emo bangs, like, early And Joe the back Jonas. was up. Yes. It was... It was so much. Um, well, because Camp Rock came out the year before and they said, this was successful, we'll recreate it. <laughs> he said, oh, if Joe Jonas can do this, Moises Arias can do this. Because <laughs> they're the same person. Um, <laughs> nope, I've lost it. Um, although it's actually funny, I'm going to hop back to something we were saying earlier. Amber brought up like the crazy lighting that they had in the scenes wherein they were showing trip zoom like doing his action sequences and i was also going to mention like the kind of crazy camera angles every time he was on screen like the camera like would shift 45 degrees yes. and like it kind of made me like a little bit seasick like it was like making me dizzy because the camera would like move and it was clearly showing that like these interactions were in emily osmond's head like trip zoom wasn't there so for our listeners who didn't ca- love us enough to watch Dadnapped before listening to this, <laughs> yeah. um, Emily Oz, Trip Zoom is not a real person. He's a fictional character. And Emily Osment would see him sometimes and have conversations with him, um, mostly about how the dad pays more attention to Trip than he does to her. True. And whenever that would happen, like Hannah was saying, we get these like severe camera angles yeah. to kind of show that this is all in her head. Yeah, which like, to be fair, is like definitely a, like a legit filmmaking technique like I took a history of film class in college and like that's something that you know the professor would have loved if it was in like a a French new wave film but it's Disney so you know it's not critically acclaimed I feel like they did a really good job of sort of easing us into it with first the cardboard cutout talk to her and like the poster on the wall and then when he showed up for real then you know like okay this isn't real like I feel like Disney can sometimes mishandle like is this real or is this not real yeah. and then I feel like it made sense I don't know for that character a lot because a lot of times he would say stuff that was like just downright mean um, and I feel like it makes sense knowing that like this is all going on in like Emily's head you know or yeah. Melissa's head I guess. yeah like she was being mean to herself um, yeah so mm-hmm. this is what she thinks that he would react to her as and so I was like okay so we're not actually seeing real trip we're seeing sort of her interpretation of him that totally makes sense but then at the end I think it's supposed to be like a throwaway gag but he's like wait a minute but if your dad stops writing then I cease to exist you can't let that happen and it's like wait like that goes nowhere yeah. it's never addressed again I think they thought that it would be funny yeah. but it was just very confusing yeah, it's also like he's not real anyway so he yes. wouldn't have that agency to care. Yeah. And then at the end, he's sort of like, we see him appear there, but then once her dad like pays attention to her and like acknowledges that like she was sort of one of the inspirations, which we'll get to that. I hated that. Yeah. Um, then she turns around and he's not really there. He's back as a cardboard cutout. Yeah. And I was so like, it's okay, like she's cool. over it. We're free from the curse of Trip showing up in our mind. But that line was just very weird in that like, I think it's supposed to be a joke, but it just confuses everything. Well, especially if if we're thinking in vain that everything Trip says in this movie is either when someone's reading from the book or 
is a conversation she's having or like something that is he's in her head so is that her thinking oh my god if my dad dies trip will never be in a book again like yeah. why would she why would she care she hates trip zoom but everything other than that one line i i liked with trip i felt like that was a good manifestation of how she feels mm-hmm. yeah the only thing i thought with that is like i'm wondering if the intention there was it was supposed to be what's your name melissa (laughs) Melissa Melissa. thinking like manifesting this fake trip in her head to be like oh he is the priority here like even in this moment where like my dad is like in danger you know yeah he this like horrible part like everyone's just gonna be like oh my god no we're never gonna get another trip zoom book but i think it was not handled particularly well (laughs) i think i think if they had done it better it would have been better um but couldn't agree more couldn't agree more (laughs) um so moises arias and david henry are brothers Mm -hmm. in this and their names are respectively andre and wheeze yeah, is Weez his real name? Also, where are their parents? Where are their parents? What are they doing? What is this age gap situation? Why is his name Weez? Well, I will say this brother relationship made me laugh multiple times because, like, they are going through all of this kind of, you know, kerfuffle, trying to, one, first kidnap the dad so that he'll talk mm. to them about the book and they can prove that they are like the biggest trip super fans. fans which okay whatever Zoomina. and then they prove that they are zoom enough yeah. and then they have to then when they actually get kidnapped they're the ones who are like trying to do the saving um but oh god no but it seems like andre's real focus here is trying to get david henry and emily osmond together yeah, Absolutely. he has a couple <laughs> hilarious lines about it. Yes. My favorite thing is at the end when they're kind of rushing to do the final confrontation. Yes! She like grabs his hand and runs and he goes, uh, hand holding, finally! <laughs> As if they haven't technically only known each other for 24 hours and they've had about one and a half conversations in this time. Yeah, and then at another point he is like, if you're not gonna ask her out, I will. So, yeah. and I'm like, that you know what? That feels like a very realistic line. <laughs> That's so funny. I was about to bring up because Lizzie, when you were watching this, you texted me and said something about, is this an enemies to lovers trope with Emily Osment and a cardboard cutout? And then Amber said, wait, is the enemies to lovers trope actually Emily Osment and David Henry? Mm-hmm. So which was it? Or was it both? Well, I think it could technically be both. And maybe... Mm-hmm. Emily Osmond's enemies to lovers with the cardboard cutout is her just having an enemies to lovers with herself. <laughs> yeah. And you then, know what? But then it's a real kind of kind of enemies to lovers. Yeah. With David Henry, their mutual bonding over Wordwam, which I think is supposed to be like words with friends. <laughs> yeah but like or like scrabble because i think it's a board game yeah he plays the little board game at some point yeah oh, it's I like scrabble but there's multiple layers <laughs> or like um if you ever played like bananagrams and she's the regional champ of this board game 
Yeah. Well, you know what? People get super into like huge Scrabble tournaments. So maybe. I mean, and hey, think about Queen's Gambit was like the most successful movie of 2020 or uh, series of 2020. So true. Maybe Word Wham is next. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Word Wham Gambit. If I can take a step backwards, though, talking about the whole Emily enemies to lovers trope, Emily to lover. Um, (laughs) The IMDb page references that her relationship with Trip is more of a sibling rivalry, which I didn't really think about during the movie, but I could kind of see because they are both competing for like the father's attention and affection. Um, The IMDb page says Melissa has a bad case of sibling rivalry, only her competition is a fictional character in her father's best-selling novel. And I could definitely see that. That's so funny because later when the actual kidnappers have them and they're moving them to a third location, (laughs) they move, the, the captors move them around a lot. They're moving them. They say, get little sis out of the bathroom. And I'm like, why'd they say that? She's nobody's sister. But if she's like Tripp's little sister... Because then Amber was like, oh my god, talk about like being overshadowed. <laughs> yeah, if you had She's a third overshadowed by her big brother trip. Checks out. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Able here to connect all our dots. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say, so the whole secondary plot line here is that Phil Lewis, not as Mr. Mosby, um, but playing someone whose character name I have forgotten. Yeah, I don't remember. Bad guy oh, number it's Mo. one. It's Mo. You're right. Oh. It's Mo. And I remember thinking that was funny. All right. So Mo and his little brother Skunk. Yeah. Um. Basically, they are the ones who actually kidnap the dad. And their idea here is that they kidnap the dad so that he will rewrite slash edit Skunk's manuscript of this book that he is writing so that they will sell it and be successful and he will have a better life than his brother Mo, who was formerly in jail for stealing an elephant. Mm -hmm. Checks out. So that's that context out of the way. But then they kind of have a change of heart and realize that maybe crime is not the answer. Um, But this was the thing that annoyed me the most about this whole movie was the implication that... At first, they're like, we are just going to essentially hold you captive until you're done writing this book. But then, as the plot goes on, they start to imply that they are going to make him, like, fix this entire book, like, in a matter of a day or a couple days. And that really got my gourd. That really irked me. (laughs) It drove me bananas. Um... But then they also keep jostling him around or moving and they're like, oh, you can just rewrite this book in the back of this truck and don't think about the fact that they're going to have to stop for gas at any point. So they were not very good criminals. Yeah, I think I think it does not help them that the plot is so wildly contrived because there are a couple times when they say like, I don't care if it takes weeks, months, years, like we're here to do it. And it's like, okay, cool. Like that makes sense. It might take weeks, months, years. Um, and then, (laughs) and then, so when they're in the first location, so bad guys are outside watching a movie on a projected screen, laughing, having fun, completely distracted, and dad and daughter are inside and not trying to escape. Yeah, because here was the thing, was they only handcuffed them when they were in the van moving between the locations, Mm -hmm. which again, also, there was a lot of there was no continuity in that like in one shot the two of them would be handcuffed to each other and then in the next scene they were both handcuffed separately behind their backs 
Um, but yeah, it was like, why aren't they escaping? Their captors are distracted outside. Just leave the building. Hide. Even if you can't escape at this very moment, when they leave to try and find you, then you you know and then the fanboys show up and you're like oh clearly they have a plan and they do but their plan is Sucks. to convince everyone to get in the car and move to another location which is so much worse than the location where the bad guys are distracted yeah. and the good guys are in the house and you could totally just help them quietly sneak out the back window and be gone yeah they play a police siren and the bad guys think that the cops are there even though as we've already learned in this movie the cops in this town won't do anything except for read trip zoom books so they play police sirens. The bad guys get back in the stolen van and drive away with them. And Which then, is such a worse situation than we were in before. And the teenage boys follow them until they run them off the road. Yeah, so the issue here is, at every point in their planning process, the only thing that they are taking any sort of inspiration from is the plots in the trip zoom Yes. Book, it's like they're all still trying to compete to prove they're the biggest trip zoom. They are, because the contest when hasn't finished yet. Learned, hmm, his plots clearly do not work when applied to real life because the man used dentistry tools as, like, yeah, it was, it was like a very poorly done MacGyver situation. Is what it I was. I mean, the thing is, technically, they did work. Technically, everything they tried to do worked. It was just that they didn't use it at the right time or to get the intended effect. Like, the desire was yes. to get them out of the building. It worked, but it was like, why would you have done that? Yeah, It worked. However, had they just used common sense and made their own plans, yeah. the movie would have been... 45 minutes absolutely. shorter. <laughs> we were so interested in seeing if our trip zoom traps would work that we absolutely forgot whatever it was yeah. that we were trying to yeah. achieve oh, at wait. the moment. People's lives are at stake. No. Huh. Wild. This is a hostage situation. So something I wanted to say on that note is I had forgotten how much Disney of this era loved to use gross, slimy things as a plot device. Yes. There's so much, like, physical, gross, physical comedy in this movie. And it was not funny. And it didn't land. And there was a point at the end where Jason mm. Earls, who is, like, the owner of the hotel where this convention is happening and turns out to be the bad yeah. guy, falls face first into a oh. giant pile of, like, disgusting slimy you can't onion see, but i'm I gagging i literally gagged while i was watching it and i have to just keep talking or else i'm gonna do it again <laughs> and it was disgusting and i didn't i yeah i did not remember how gross this era of disney yeah. was and how that was like the epitome of their physical yeah. comedy it wasn't it, i did not like that and he like opened his mouth it got in his mouth i'm gonna gag um Yep, I don't want to talk about it. Nope, so gross. All right, I'll take a hard pivot to change the subject to the plot point that requires them to return their books to the public library. <laughs> Please. That's all I have to say about that, is that there is a plot point yeah. where they they end up, the original fans that kidnap the dad, there are two kidnappings, but the original fans that intend to kidnap the dad end up getting found by the daughter because they have to return their books to the public library. Because they don't know that if you don't, they get fees. They're like, that's not true. 
It's like, so you, like um, you have a library card and you've checked out all these books, but you don't. I don't know. This movie is pro reading, pro dental hygiene, pro libraries, um, pro libraries, pro social services. Not pro cop. No, no, a cab. Um, um, I again, kind of another hard pivot. Well, this is something we should have talked about earlier. We were, we, you guys have been talking, and I did a quick search, and I realized we never talked about the director of this film. Hmm. The director of this film, his name is Paul Hoen, has okay. directed at least 16 Disney Channel original movies in even more te- television episodes. A lot of these are in like a lot of really good ones, including the one, the only Read It and Weep. <laughs> it's the same director. Oh, that checks out. I'm gonna lose my shit. Are you? I'm kidding not kidding me? you. He's still directing decoms to this day. Um, the first one. I, What's his most recent decom? Uh, well, his most recent one is technically Zombies Three, but that one's coming out next year. But he's done all the Zombies movies. He did Invisible Sister, How to Build a Better Boy, Cloud Nine, Let It Shine, Camp Rock Two, Dad Napped, The Cheetah Girls, One World, Jump In, Read It and Weep. Um, True Confessions, The Luck of the Irish. It looks like he even did some High School Musical, the musical, musical the, the series. series. He did some, yeah, a lot of, like, some Lab Rats, Lib and Maddie. Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine stuck in the middle. Uh, also some Ned's Declassified School Survival Book Guide that's Nickelodeon, but notable. So this man... This is shocking. This man, um, we owe a lot to him. Yeah, and he just did the same movie twice, three years in a row. Paul, three's apart. Buddy, I think you could have done better on this one. Yeah, we know you can do better. Yeah, I was gonna say you've done some great work. Maybe if it was a musical, wow. maybe he just needed some songs. Yeah, true. Honestly, I was gonna say if this movie had been a musical, would we have given it four and a half stars? I, I may have. Yeah, yeah, we're absolutely. definitely biased. Oh, that this actually could have been a great musical because you could have had like. A trip zoom spy number. Ooh. Absolutely, we could have. Now I feel denied. Hannah, we have to write a trip zoom spy number. Okay. All okay. of the fanboys and fangirls in the streets could have done a big dance number. Uh, a, a Jetson Sharks you moment. Know what? Here's the thing. Depending, if this had been made earlier, they could have gotten Kenny Ortega to oh. choreograph. So we absolutely would have given it four and a half stars. I would like to talk about music because much like Halloween Town, the fourth one features one song. Yes, only. By Jesse McCartney. This features a song, yeah. sung by Emily Allman, yeah. called, oh god, I think what it's is called it? like Hero in Me, or The Hero in Me. Get a hero, I'm a hero. Something about a hero. Hero. Not hero from Star Trek. Hero but in yeah. Me. It's called Hero in Me. This song, so it appears a little bit at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then like also like the majority of it is played during like their preparation like montage epic battle. of yeah. This song gave me such Ally and AJ vibes. Ooh. Oh, I could see that. We're gonna insert another yeah. clip. Here, um, so, so you can hear it. See, I was interested because. My first thought when it came on at the very beginning was, oh my god, did Emily Osment have a music career? 
So everyone yeah, at Disney had a music true. career. And I know because, and I'm about to expose myself, um, I had a Mitchell Musso CD. Um, oh, I probably I did, did as well. I did not know that he sang, but he does. And I like He does because once he decided he was a singer, they had to make that a plot in Hannah Montana. Really? Like he had to like go yeah. on tour and like Lily missed him. Hmm. Or he like opened for Hannah. Hi, Holly. The dog just jumped up. Sorry. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah, I liked that sneaky plan montage. Like, a, a sneaky plan montage, a training montage, a, like, makeover montage. That's the bread and butter of a Disney Channel original. I liked movie, the really. montages, but I just felt like the song didn't fit. Like, I didn't have a problem with the song. I didn't have a problem no. with the montage. But I was like, this is not a cool enough song for us to be preparing for, like, a war or, like, a raid on a hotel yeah. with spy gadgets. It yeah. felt appropriate at the beginning of the movie because it yeah. was like, oh, this is like high school teen comedy. Teenage yeah. girl's bedroom as she's waking up for the day. That yeah. is exactly what it sounded like. Yeah. It was good at the beginning and it would have been good if it had been at the end Resolution. as like a hero and me. Like she, like afterwards when they're all applauding mm. for her as her and her job yes. driving to find That would camping. have been amazing. Like as the car again, Route 66. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're... Wait, so are there other Emily Osment songs? She has been on tour at least twice. Oh my god, how did I not know that? I guess because everyone in Hannah Montana had a music career that hers was not the most advertised. Poor Emily. She wasn't a bad singer. I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna look this Mm -hmm. up real quick. It is 545. We'll wrap up in 10 minutes or less. So she has... Okay. At least two, two albums, or no, she has an album called Fight or Flight, and a bunch of singles, and then she was featured on a ton of, like, the Disney oh. Mania CDs when yes. those came out. Yeah. For our, our, our recommendations so. for this week, gonna be the Emily Osment discography? <laughs> oh, for sure. Also, maybe read it and week. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, it looks like, yeah, it looks like she had one... Like, she was signed to one record label from 2009 to 2011, which is, like, prime Hannah Montana time. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. she has a, she signed with a new one starting in 2019. So it sounds like she's still making music to this day. Interesting. Um, huh. Well, I know she's still, like, actively yeah. acting because she is in that new show with Greg Sulkin. <gasps> oh, she is. Oh, yeah, I do remember. She plays his love interest. Yeah. Because TikTok just showed me their kissing scene earlier today, like when they first kiss, and it's very saucy. Yeah, she released a new EP just like a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Before Um, we wrap up, I do want to talk about the end mm -hmm. um, and the fact that I feel it was undeserved. Um, I feel like we had a... So the big like emotional conflict is that she wants to go camping. The dad lies to her on like their one trip in the whole year that she's been waiting for just so that they can go to a trip Zoom convention, which is like the one thing she's insecure about in her relationship with her dad. And they have like a really... I liked the moment that they had when they're in like the first bad guy hideout, the one Mm -hmm. with the clap on lights. Yeah. Um, And they had like a really good moment where she's talking about like, you know, that she's won these like creative writing awards and that she did dance recitals and they're like so much of her life that he hasn't shown up at Mm -hmm. and I feel like that was really impactful and then at the end I feel like she just kind of 
learned that trip was based on her and so it's all that's okay okay. and it wasn't and now we're gonna go camping because he really was a crappy dad like he didn't know anything about her he clearly you know 362 days of the year it seems she doesn't see him and then the three days that they are going to be together he blows her off it's all about him he cares more about his fans than her um instead of trying to escape like he actually does the writing we are a Neil Morris hate account. Yeah. Um, and the only time he takes interest in her interests is not when she's talking about, you missed yeah. all of my dance recitals. It's when she lets slip that she's also a very talented writer. And then he's, he's all it. of a sudden. And then he in. says, maybe a scene or two later, he's like, Trip isn't more important than you. Trip is based on you. And I'm like, I don't believe that. No. I think that you're trying to save no. face. You don't want her to be mad at you because you realize you have been a bad dad. Also, who cares? You say, oh, when you were eight and you were so creative and whatever, that inspired me to write Trip. It's like, okay, but clearly she's not eight anymore. It's been five, six, seven, eight years. Um, In that meantime, where have you been? Because clearly she's not the same person she was seven years ago. And I I think the hard part is that the movie sort of shot itself in the foot by not giving her a stronger character. Yeah. Like the movie never told us who she was outside of just hating and competing with Trip. So when it came for, when it came time to have the dad get to know her, there wasn't anything there to get to know because we never actually met her. They talk about the, we even talked about Word Wham and then it never comes up again. Like I thought they were going to like play Word Wham together or something. We only know her as Neil Morris's daughter. Which is a shame, because she obviously yep. wants to be more throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And also, what, he couldn't dedicate a book to mm-hmm. her? This is clearly, like, a many-part yeah. series. Oh, yeah. Like, even if that's just a very face-level yeah, thing. he's never written, like, and, like to my daughter who I love. And, like, he doesn't even realize that she's read yeah. his yeah. book. Yeah. Like, you've never, mm-hmm. you didn't, like, when you wrote your first one, and you didn't even know it was going to be successful, you didn't, like, give it to her? The only, yeah. and I'm not giving, I'm not giving this movie a pass on anything, but the only way that I could see this making a little bit of sense is in the fact that the audience for the movie is not the Neil Morrises, they're the Melissa Morrises, you know? And the, those kids yeah. who see themselves in her shoes don't necessarily get to have of fathers who are going to have dramatic character arcs to show that they love them and do instead maybe have to, you know, be a little bit more like the movie was if you're going to find a happy ending, which is a shame. But, you know, I can understand from a movie perspective that it really isn't about the dad. Yeah. Not that that's an excuse. He's still the worst. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, he like at the end, like, you know, he announces the winners of the contest and he's like, also my daughter Melissa is here and everyone claps. And they go camping, and it's like, okay, but then what? He's still a famous author and is going to be traveling and writing, and she lives with her mom, so. There was no there was no happy ending there. Not the way that they seemed to think there no. was when they drove off into the sunset. Yeah. No. I think if this was made now, there is a better chance of her having a more substantial... Yeah, it's like, how come we couldn't have given... Like, five minutes that were, like, dedicated to gross liquid comedy could have been, like, showing her doing things she was interested in. Or, like, even just talking about them. Even if you tell us, not show us. Yeah. Like, we didn't need to see, like, grape yogurt being, like, pumped out of, like, water guns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So right before we wrap up, I would just like to say I've just received a message. Um, we have a friend who um, shouted out our podcast to a girl he was talking to. Oh, yeah, he put it on his Hinge profile. And you didn't you what? say he put it on his Hinge profile? Yeah. something like that or I don't I don't know I think maybe she was talking about like mm-hmm. Disney or something and he was like boy have I got a podcast for you um and she is now <gasps> a fan of the pod and first of all she asked if she could um be friends with us and I said immediately yes and they're going on a date so all right Hannah do you know what our next week's movie is gonna be I do. I rolled it before we started. I told Amber because she said she didn't want to have to fake a gasp. <laughs> or she, We, next week, are watching a movie that I have never seen, but it's a classic. It's older than all three of us. We were watching 1999's Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. And Lizzie's I'm excited. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to be a mess. Oh, I can't wait to watch it with Maggie. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm going to pull up. Oh, my God. Film. Wait. So Ian has just requested that I say this. He said he wants me to say that a potential guest got a date by flexing that they might be coming on the podcast. Oh <laughs> <laughs> there oh you God. go. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's discussion of Dad Nap. And thank you so much, Amber, for coming on and being our first guest. I know this has been so um, much fun. It has been a huge honor. Um, I love listening to the pod. Um, I love writing down my thoughts on the pod and then telling them to Hannah later. Um, and so it has been great to just sort of skip the middleman and be able to share them all with you immediately <laughs> right now. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear how it sounds. I can't wait to hear what parts Lizzie randomly decides to keep in and cut out in editing. <laughs> and amber has request has put down a couple other movies that yeah. she would be interested in guest guest hosting for yes but maybe so she'll be back odds of her being back i'm hoping are high yeah i mean i already i mean i watched dad napped for you guys so i feel like <laughs> this is pretty much whatever movie you don't want to have to talk about i will watch for you um i i'm that committed to the pod you know exactly. everyone wants to do high school musical but who will sit with you through dad napped <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so true yeah <laughs> amber was like honestly i'll do any of them <laughs> It's more fun when you don't like it very much. Yeah, Yeah, when you can hate on it. Maybe it'll surprise you. Like, this one was Mm -hmm. way better than I was anticipating. My expectations were so low. Mm -hmm. But yeah, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, again, thank you for listening this week. Um, If you don't follow us on the Instagram, you should. Why not? Yes, it's slumberparty.pod. Again, every week we say we have a lot of people that follow us that don't listen. So if you do listen, your homework this week is to recommend the podcast to at least one friend or Tinder match. Or enemy. Or enemy. Yeah. Romantic interest. Anyone you know. Enemy to lover? Yeah, they could be. We will facilitate your enemies to lovers because they'll fall in love with you via your podcast based and if you are interested in being a guest of the pod um please and you haven't received an invitation from us um please feel free to reach out and we can uh coordinate a time and figure out what movies you might be interested in in talking about yeah the link to the google form is gonna be in our link tree in our instagram bio so amazing and click on that and fill it out to make your requests if you want to come on and 
chat with us. But better do it fast because a lot of people have already put in their requests for what movies they'd like to speak about. Yeah. And Lemonade you know, Enough has already been claimed. I was going to say, <laughs> sorry, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Is that everything? Yep, and I have to do the outro. Take it away, outro, Hold Hannah. <laughs> this has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a post-grad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. Bye! Oh my gosh, I have a lot of thoughts about James Marsden in that movie. In we need to start casting him in things again. Oh, yeah. James Marsden? Yeah. Yes, that man was a Versace model. Did you know that? And then now he just gets bullied by CGI animals. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know that, but that's incredible. I'm also really glad that I started recording 25 seconds ago because now this is going to be excellent feed for the end of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really the best part of editing is picking what goes at the end. <laughs>